In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Right now, a family gathering is taking place. Right here, amidst us, and all across the globe. In churches, in homes, in nursing homes and hospitals, on military bases, and most likely even still in some parking lots. It's a massive family gathering. And it's your family gathering. Your Christian family. And not only are they gathering on earth, but your family is also gathering in heaven with angels and saints, singing and praising God with you. Now, which would you say is more important? Would you say your Christian family or your biological family? Which would you say you're closer to? The people that you're related to by faith or the people you're related to by blood? Now I know I'm probably making you uncomfortable. See, we don't like this question. And we think it's not a polite question. Why would you ask me to put my family or my biologic family or my church family on top of one another? This isn't right, right? It offends our Midwestern American sensibilities. Family is everything, we say. We don't like verses like this from Jesus. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. We don't like this. But understand what Jesus is trying to teach us. However great your biological family may be, and it may be the best family on the face of the earth, however great your biological family may be, your Christian family is even greater. It's not that Jesus is trying to tear down biological family. Of course not. There, there are so many places Jesus upholds family. Honor your mom and dad, he says. But here he's teaching us something else. He's making it abundantly clear that the family of faith is even greater. Now, just think of it this way. If you love your biological family, which I'm sure you do, then understand that the love of your Christian family is even greater. Now, in a perfect world, your Christian family is the same as your biological family, right? In the perfect world, all your biological family would believe in Jesus and maybe all your biological family does. And so they're part of the Christian family and everything is wonderful. But sometimes that doesn't happen. Today is All Saints Day. We're remembering saints who are now in heaven with Jesus. They've died. I would like to tell you the story, and it will take a little bit, but it's worth it. I'd like to tell you the story about one of those saints, one of our Christian family members, you may not know, but who sadly, he had to put his Christian family above his biological family. His name is Nabil Qureshi. You may have, may have heard of him. He died in 2017, and he was 34 years old. Okay, so very young. Now, he was born in America, but his parents and all his extended family were all from, they are from, Pakistan. And they were very devout Muslims. And Nabil grew up immersed in Islam and all its traditions, and he loved it. He loved it dearly. And all of his family expected that Nabil would be a good and faithful Muslim. And for many years, he was. In fact, 
when Nabil went to college, he was studying to be a medical doctor, and he started to make acquaintances with many Christian friends. And he vigorously defended Islam to all of them. And one thing to, to really understand Nabil's story, you have to know, Nabil was extremely intelligent. I mean, just extremely intelligent. He, he earned his medical um, degree, okay? You know how long that takes usually. And then after he did that, he went on to earn three more master's degrees. Remember, he died at 34 years old. Three more master's degrees, and he was working on his second, second doctorate when he died. So extremely intelligent. So he took all that great intelligence, and whenever his Christian friends would try to talk to him, you know, criticize Islam, he was right there defending Islam with everything he had. But eventually, from all his research into Islam and Christianity, it just couldn't hold up anymore. And he became a Christian. Now he writes all, of, all about this in his first book, Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, which is a great book to read if you like to read. But when you read that book, what will really impress you, what will stick out about you, see, you might pick it up and you think, oh, I'm going to read a book about how bad Islam is you know, how, how terrible his family was to him. Nope. You will find a book where he dearly loves his biological family. He writes about how wonderful his family is, how much they loved him, how much he loved them. He writes about their great family traditions and how much he enjoyed his childhood. And he writes about how devastatingly hard it was when he finally had to come to grips with putting Jesus and his Christian family above his biological family. He writes about that heart-wrenching day when he finally had to tell his mother and father that he had become a Christian. Now, as many of you are very aware, if you're a Muslim and you convert to Christianity, you often lose your biological family. Now again, there is something very important here that you and I need to learn. That however great, and they may be great, however great our biological family is, multiply that by thousands, by millions, even by billions, and that's how great your Christian family is. Remember Jesus' words, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Or remember the time when Jesus' own mom, Mary, was outside the door with his brothers and sisters. They're looking for him. And Jesus says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. These are hard words. Nabil Qureshi, to complete the story for you, he eventually did get some relationship back with his biological family, but it was never the same. But he also found an even greater family, a family he came to love dearly, his Christian family. And in 2016, he found out that he had aggressive stomach cancer, and he died a year, a year later. Now, when he died, he had a wife, who he had not been married to very long, and a two-year-old daughter. You see what happened again his biological family had to take a back seat to his Christian family. And it was hard, but he trusted that his Christian family was even greater, and that one day, like all of us trust, he trusted he would see his wife and daughter in heaven with him again. So what I am trying to press upon you is to see how great 
your Christian family is. This is what St. John is trying to do in the epistle reading today. He starts out with this word see, or if you go to the old King James, behold. It's like, do you see this? Are you seeing it? Are you beholding it? See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called his children, that we're his family. Have you ever seen anything like this? Do you see the kind of love that God has for you, that he not only calls you his child, but you're a brother to Jesus and a brother and sister to every other Christian? Remember what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. Do you you see what he's saying? You have a family and I will not abandon you. No Christian is an orphan. We are children of our Father in heaven. And truly, truly, this is only the beginning of how great it will be. St. John continues there in the epistle, Beloved, we are God's children now, but what we will be has not yet appeared. And we know that when he appears, we will be like him. It's only the beginning. That's what Jesus is getting at in the Beatitudes today. This is only the beginning. Think of all the people we're going to remember by name today who have died. And remember, for all of them, this is only the beginning. Think of Nabil Qureshi dying at only 34 years old. Remember, this is only the beginning. Think of, we had recently in our own local community, a 27-year-old, Aaron Terhoon. This is only the beginning. He was a brother in Christ, believed in Jesus. This is only the beginning. Look what Jesus says in the Beatitudes. Blessed we are. Why? Because ours is the kingdom of heaven. Because we shall be comforted. Because we shall inherit the earth. Because we shall be satisfied and receive mercy. And we'll see God and called sons of God. Look what the kind of love God has for his family. And he's brought you into this family through holy baptism. Made you an heir with Jesus. And he has fed you with the food of heaven in Jesus' body and blood. It's incredible. Now, I pray this morning that all of you would have eyes to see how great this family is. So, you know, have you ever been, I'm sure you all have, you've been at a big family reunion. So like I said earlier, multiply that by millions and billions. And and think of this, this family that we have in Jesus. And I wanted you to have a visual, so I put in the bulletin this morning a, a famous painting. And... Uh, So if you want to take it out, I'm going to be kind of explaining a few things in there. This painting is a small piece of a much bigger painting, a big altarpiece that was done in 1432 by two brothers in Belgium. And I wanted you to have it because, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I want you to take it home and put it somewhere you will see it and be reminded, this is my family. It's a picture of the family of God. They're all gathering around the Lamb of God, Jesus. It comes right out of Revelation 7, our first reading today. Then I saw a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Now, if you take that out, I want to point out a few things. I mean, there's a lot in here, as you can see, and you got a small picture, but hopefully you can kind of make out the details. So the center of our family, of course, is Jesus, the Lamb of God. And you see the Lamb standing on the throne there. And what's kind of hard to see in your small picture, but his lifeblood is being poured out into a chalice to symbolize Holy Communion for us there. And then in front of the altar, a little ways in front, is the fountain of life. Revelation is always talking about the water of life, the river of life. And that symbolizes, of course, the holy water of baptism, where we're, how we're brought into this family. Then around that little throne, you see all these angels. And again, I know it's kind of small. 
but th these angels are holding all the instruments of our salvation. So one's holding the cross, one is holding a spear, one's holding uh, the hyssop branch with the sponge on the top, one's holding the crown of thorns. Then above that whole scene you see the dove, the Holy Spirit, who is illuminating, the, shining the light of God over the whole scene. But now I've come to my favorite part, the people. Okay, look at all the people. The, that's our people. That's our family there. Okay, look at them coming from every direction, north and south and east and west. And think of all your family, all your loved ones who have died in Jesus Christ. And they are there with the Lamb. On the bottom left is the Old Testament. I mean, they are very detailed in this painting. On the bottom left, you see they're holding the books. There's the prophets who wrote about Jesus, pro prophesied that he was to come. On the bottom right, you have the church, the 12 apostles in their robes in front. You've got popes, bishops, pastors. St. Stephen is there holding the stones that they stoned him to death with. And then on the top left and top right, you have all the martyrs of the church. The male martyrs on the left, female martyrs on the right. And there are specific people in there, but, but that's beyond our scope of time we have here. But what I want you to see is somewhere in the midst then, Okay, of all these people, of this great multitude, somewhere in the midst is you and me. That is our family. Okay, the prophets and the apostles and the martyrs and the saints, that's our family. We have washed our robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. We are baptized in the fountain of life and we have received the blood of the Lamb. Behold your family. So if, to close, if Trinity Lutheran Church in El Paso, Illinois, ever seems small to you or seems insignificant to you in the big picture. Or if you yourself ever feel completely insignificant in the big picture, then remember, remember this. Remember your family, the family of faith. Remember, Abraham was 90 years old, didn't have a single biological child. He says to God, all is lost. And God says, no, I'm going to give you a family. I'm going to give you a family, as many as stars in the sky and sands on the seashore. And Everybody thought for a long time it was his biological family through Isaac. But God knew something better. And we know something better. We know that Abraham's true family is not biological. It's the family of faith. Abraham believed, we believe, and one day we're going to be standing around that fountain of life having a conversation with Abraham himself, talking about our Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The greatest family reunion ever. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.